Dennis Money here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg. Spirit Matters, spiritmatterstalk.com. Sadvi, uh, uh, lovely woman, very, very enthusiastic about her, uh, her experiences and her work uh, and uh, her spirituality. And, uh, you know, it was a story you've heard before. I've heard before of somebody uh, une- very unexpectedly uh, having an experience that changes their life, an internal spiritual experience. Yes, it it does happen, and the it's, it, it is interesting. There's people who have spontaneous uh, experiences of unity or um, God consciousness that seem to come out of nowhere, and if if they have no um, prior understanding of such things or framework to put it in, it can. It could be disconcerting, um, but it didn't seem to be the case for her, probably partly because of uh, she was a, a stable person, but also because of where she was. Explain you know, that area to, to our listeners, who are not, and, and to me, who's not familiar with uh, Rishikesh. What, what is that area like? Well, Rishikesh is, is a, essentially a small, holy town, always been considered a sacred place up uh, in the foothills of the Himalayas in a beautiful area surrounded by hills. And if you, you know, go further north, you start to climb up into the uh, uh, Himalayas proper. Um, and it's right on the Ganges, and, uh, or she put it, Ganga. And um, as it flows down from the Himalayas, into the pl- toward the plains and uh, places like Varanasi, and and so she um, was there. It's it, it's um, always been a considered a holy place, and and it's where uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi had his uh, meditation academy, with, uh, and that's where the Beatles went in 1968, and uh, really put it on the map for seekers you know, all over the world. It had always been that, but there weren't that many people and it wasn't that easy is it, to, is get, it, to get it, to India. Is it remote? I mean, how, to get, if somebody comes to the United States, comes from Europe, and they're going to Rishikesh, do they go to Delhi? Is it a long cab ride? Yeah, that? no, it's, it's, not that, it's not that far. You know, you people uh, go from Delhi either uh, by automobile, which could take, you know, eight, eight hours or so, uh, given that the you know the way the roads are in India, uh, or train to Hardwar, which is another very sacred city nearby, and then you know ride mm-hmm. over there, or uh, you fly to the the uh, smallish city of Dehradun, which is up in in that area, and and you go from the Dehradun airport. So it's not that far from Delhi. It's it's not easy to you know it's not a simple matter to get there necessarily but it's not difficult right and but it's it's becomes you know sort of this magnet you know post beatles gradually it just became more and more of a pilgrimage place well aren't they making all... the uh Marichi's ashram into a uh an official uh, pilgrimage site or state park or some type of yeah attraction? it had been it had been abandoned and pretty much fallen into ruins for a long time mm-hmm. i was there and 2013, when you, you sort of had to either sneak in or just convince somebody to let you in. And um, it, they were letting it go to ruins, I was told, and to let the jungle, 
it's right up against the jungle. They were mm-hmm. letting it, it grow back in as part of the wildlife preservation. But I gather they changed their mind and saw that there was tourist potential. So it's a presumably opened up to tourists with an admission charge and so forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it, I don't know that they're building anything there that they might clean it up. Or they, who knows, it could turn into some grotesque, theme park or something i don't know but it's you know always been known as the beatles ashram you know for ever since those days i remember walking uh on uh, on a small street in rishikesh and there was a, a hand-painted sign that's with an arrow that said beatles ashram you know this way uh-huh. but it's always been the place like uh, swami shivananda uh, established uh, an ashram there back in I think the twenties or thirties, and and it grew and it's kind of the biggest place there uh, for a long time on the other side of the river from where Maharishi's place was, and where Sadvi is at Parmoth. Yeah, Nikita. tell us about her uh, her teacher, uh, uh, her her guru, the person that she studies with, her ashram. What is that like? Have you ever visited it? Or are you familiar with it at all? I know. I've, I've seen it, but I'm uh. not, I've never been there. But uh, we're now speaking in February of 2016. Next month, I'm bringing a group there, and we're staying at uh, that ashram. Mm-hmm. And um, I've met Sadvi and uh, the guru who runs it, um, Pooja uh, Swami Chidananda Saraswati, who's uh, a sannyasi in, in a certain Swami order. And he's run that place, I don't know how long. And it's extremely popular. And, so how uh, big are these options? Are there, there dozens of people there? Are there hundreds of people? How? I think it's, 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 it's a fairly big ashram, and I couldn't tell you how many people it accommodates at a time. But it's the site of the annual International Yoga Festival, which if people are listening to yes, this... You mentioned that, yeah. If they're listening to it prior to March, they could still get on a plane and go. It's like the first week in March, uh, and um, and it's it's quite a thing. You know, they get people from all over the world, and many of them, or most of them, stay at the ashram. It's like the headquarters of it. And you know, I've got a I've got a question. I was in Bali, Indonesia, in March a number of years ago. There was a big yoga festival. Is there some reason? Big yoga festivals are held in March. Is there something auspicious about the month, or that's a good question? It's the uh, my guess is it's it's just better weather. Yeah, um, if, if I've been to Rishikesh in like January, early January, and it could be quite cold. Um, and then if you go much later than March, it's hot, or even even in March, it, it'll be hot. But but later, it would be impossible. Right. Um, so um, that may be, that's my guess. I, yeah. I, I don't know. What, what, one other thing I wanted to mention from our interview with Sadvi today was uh, it, it follows a theme that we've been picking up from a number of people, and that is uh, spirituality. They have an internal experience. Maybe it's one powerful experience. Maybe it's a, a cultured experience over a long period of time. Maybe it's a combination of both. But then always uh, people find themselves in the world, helping those that need help. And certainly, Sadvi and her guru and their mission is uh, out helping people, schools, children, women, empowerment. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, we didn't get into the, today so much, we said they do a lot of stuff environmentally, so that uh, 
they see beyond themselves. And so the stereotype that some people might have of, of a uh, somebody in a monastic order or somebody who is a seeker of enlightenment sort of just being in a cave and not interacting not, uh, with the world and staying separate, which, you know, I'm sure exists, uh, but the many, if not most, people who have that uh, inner development have the impulse to come out and share it or help uh, create a better environment. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very interesting, especially in this context of uh, a renunciate order in India, where um, the image is of real renunciation of worldly affairs and, uh, and detachment from the world. But, um, and that's true of many, many people. You know, and if you go to Rishikesh or any of those holy cities, Varanasi, Hardwar, you'll see a lot of renunciates um, just doing their thing and not being engaged at all in the world. Uh, and, and, and then there are, of course, many, many more who you don't see because they're off in a cave or a secluded ashram somewhere, and uh, they're just there. And if, they're, if they have concern with the uh, conditions of the world, um, they feel they're working on, on, on bettering conditions for humanity by beaming their enlightened vibrations from, from where wherever they are in seclusion. But there are a lot of um, Hindu or, and Hindu-oriented yogic uh, uh, lineages where service is, is very important and a big part of not only... Um, their sense of responsibility to the world, but also as as part of the spiritual path of you know karma yoga of selfless service, mm-hmm. um, and 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 uh, the, the, when you hear of that, some people are surprised because they think all all you know Hindu renunciates are reclusive in that way, but it's not the case. I guess it's not that different than Western clergy. Some you know their clergy. Especially in Catholicism, they they take a vow of celibacy, a vow of poverty often, and uh, some live in the world and interact, and and some are very secluded, like Trappist monks. Uh, A question I had, Phil, that you'd be more familiar with, and that is, if you're traveling in India and you uh, come upon an ashram, are most ashrams open to visitors where somebody can plug in for a week and have an experience, or or, or some of them just closed off only for the most, you know, uh, uh, devoted uh, followers who who are going to stick to a strict uh, 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 schedule. I mean, can one go and have a uh, a short experience of of uh, life on an ashram? Yeah, it, there's both kinds. There's mm-hmm. kinds that you know are just uh, dwelling places. You know, sort of monasteries for for uh, uh, um, renunciates in their order, and there are larger ones uh, that. Uh, are open to people, and some are very uh, liberal in, in who they take in. They become sort of like a residential, mm-hmm. uh, like a retreat center where anybody can go, and, you know, as long as you uh, behave yourself according to certain mm-hmm. standards and, and just stay and partake of, of whatever's offered at the ashram uh, at your discretion. 
uh, and others only have people come if they're part of a program, you know, uh, with a, a teaching design set, uh, you know, uh, built into it. So there's different kinds. Well, well, another fascinating, uh, sub, uh, you know, guest, and, and I'd li- I would like to have her back on because I felt like we went to the point where yeah. she talked about her own sort of uh, ex- awakening experience, and then how she plugged in. But I, I would love to hear more about the details. Yeah, and it's she, and yeah. It, you know, you said you said at the beginning it w- there was uh, something uh, familiar about the story, and there's certain truth to that. But not everybody who right. finds their way to... First of all, it's, it was unusual for somebody to go to India for, you know, completely non-spiritual or just, you know, almost touristy. You know, she wanted to be in a place where there was good vegetarian food and right. get away for a while and be near nature and all that. And there's many people who go to India because it's an exotic place and they want to see it. And, you know, they get a sense that there's something more going on and they'll investigate. And many of those become sincere yogis. Um, But most people who go to India and find their way to a place like Rishikesh uh, are already on a spiritual path. They may already have a destination of a particular guru Mm -hmm. or a particular ashram or a pilgrimage place. Um, or an, uh, a yoga uh, academy or something. Um, that's the more typical experience. Uh, but, you know, her story is very dramatic, and her commitment uh, is not casual. I mean, you know, she, it, after several, what, however number of years, she was really committed to this path and this lineage and this place. And, you know, she... she she lives there year-round, except, you know, they travel mm-hmm. a lot, she and, and the Pujya Swami, but um, and uh, they um, but, you know, she's a she's from L.A., so I, I happen to be in touch with her, and that's, you know, why we were able to interview her on a short visit to the, to the U.S., but um, it's very rare for somebody to, to essentially uh, transform one's life, not just uh, the spiritual aspect of life, but relocate and take vows in, in, in a Swami order and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, dr- dr- dramatic change of uh, lifestyle, but obviously inspired by a very deep experience she had yeah. and, and seems to continue to have. Well, until next time. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, uh, we wish everyone no well. No shortage of fascinating people now, to Many, interview. many stories. All right, over and out.